You are listening to a message that was given at Living Word Chapel, Oracle, Arizona. It is our hope and prayer that God will use this message to speak to you and enrich your life. For more information, visit lwcoracle.org. I had to say to my husband this morning, I'm like, I looked at him and I'm thinking, you have a new shirt and I'm preaching three services. Is it Mother's Day or Father's Day? (laughs) No. I'm honored to be able to share today. Um, That video said it all. There are women here today in all different areas of life. And my prayer is that you all feel encouraged today. Men, you can feel encouraged too, but it is Mother's Day. Um, But my prayer is that this message this morning will speak to everyone. And I got about three hours of sleep last night. I I don't know how he does it every week. Um, Thank God I got a lot of sleep all week because you're just thinking in your mind, you know, um, did I hear you, Lord? I want to present your word well. And I don't want to just talk. I want lives to be changed. And so it's a lot of responsibility, and so I appreciate him even more, what he does for us on a weekly basis. So, some of you know my son, Jay. Some of you know him as Jay or JJ. He surprised me with a song last year, and it was such a blessing um, for me, and I know those of you that were here, it blessed you as well. I was sad that he couldn't be here this year to sing it again, but... Uh, it seemed fitting to title my message the name of the song, which was called Hey Mama. And I have to tell you, I only say that in my message like one time, but I just wanted to call the title. I wanted to name it that, okay? Um, So if you'll pray with me, bow your heads. Lord, I thank you so much for this morning. Um, God, I thank you that you're here, that your Holy Spirit is here. Father, I pray that you will speak through me today, God, that I will be your vessel that I will communicate your word well, Lord. And Father, more than anything else, that hearts and minds will be open to hear what you want to speak to us today, Lord. And Father, we will be quick to give you all the glory and honor you are so worthy of. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. So there is a lie going around teaching us and our society that our choices have no consequences. Just go with the flow. Do whatever you want. But the truth is that choice does have consequence, whether it be positive or negative. And I have to kind of apologize because I teach choir and we move a lot. So don't think I'm, I mean, I am a little nervous, but don't think I'm like nervous. I just move around. And I also get really excited when I teach the word of God. And let me tell you why, because it's life changing. Changed my life. And I know what it can do in everybody else's lives, so I get encouraged. And I want to encourage you, and it excites me, so forgive me if I get a little excited. So every choice not only affects us, but those around us. Not to mention how it affects our emotional stability. Now, emotional stability means the ability to remain stable and balanced not likely to give way or be overturned. So often, our lives get out of balance, and this is usually always caused by choices. 
An example would be a boat that has too much weight in it. It'll, it will eventually tip over or sink. That's what an unbalanced balanced life feels like. We are sinking slowly and sometimes unaware of it. Now, I'm not meddling, but I'm, I'm just going to talk about a few things that choices can affect in our lives. We can choose to eat right. We can choose to not eat right. We can choose to exercise. We can choose not to exercise. We can choose to read the Bible. We can choose not to read the Bible. We can choose to get proper rest, which thank God I got this week because I had no idea I wasn't going to sleep last night, or not. And so life is all about balance. And you can be so worried about losing weight that you're out of balance in all the other areas. Or you can be so worried about exercising that you're out of balance in all those areas. Although my husband, he's not too worried about exercise. I'm in his ear all the time. I teach a fitness class here at the church, and we do work out. But we end every workout with devotion and prayer. And our focus, our weekly focus, we have a weekly focus, is always encouraging us to stay balanced spiritually, emotionally, and physically in our lives. Because if we're out of balance... We're sinking, and we're not aware of it. And especially as moms, we think we're superwomen. We can do everything. Let me tell you a little secret. You can't. If you think you can work seven days a week and not get exhausted, you're fooling yourself. You will get exhausted. I've been there. I've had to learn balance the hard way at times. So choices have the power to change the course of our lives. How many of us believe that? Today I'm going to give three examples of three different women in the Bible that had a choice to make. Now there are many men in the Bible that had choices to make, big decisions, but because it's Mother's Day, I picked women. Sorry, guys. To talk about. But believe me, I'm going to bring you into this message, Ronnie. Don't you worry about it, okay? All right, so... First woman being Eve. She was the first woman, mom, and wife. Most of us have heard this story, but if you haven't, I'm going to paraphrase and read some scripture. And your mouth gets dry when you're up here, sorry. Eve had everything she could possibly want in the garden. She had a relationship with God, she had her husband, all her needs were being met. She was complete, and her life was emotionally stable. But there was one choice, only one choice God gave her. He said, do not eat from the tree of good and evil. She had only one choice. So uh, in your outline, the scripture's there. It's Genesis 3, 1 through 4. I'm going to read through this if you'll follow along. Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? In other words, I'm paraphrasing here, did God really say there would be no consequence 
Did God really say there would be a consequence for your choice? Then the woman said to the serpent, we may eat fruit from the tree in the garden, but God did say, you must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it or you will die. So right there we see God is saying there will be a consequence for the choice, and it's a pretty big one. It's death. The serpent says, you you will certainly not die. There will be no consequence from your choice, for God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. The woman was convinced, she said, that the tree was beautiful and its fruits looked delicious and she wanted the wisdom it would give her, so she took some of the fruit and she ate it. And then she gave it to her husband, which I know there's no husbands in here that would ever follow their wives into a bad choice. I just don't believe it. Only Adam would do that. Then she gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate it. And at that moment, their eyes were opened, and they suddenly felt shame and nakedness. Nakedness. See, Eve at that moment became bigger than God in her mind, What she wanted became more important, and she had believed the lie that there would be no consequence for her choice. Her husband followed, so it affected him, and then immediately emotional instability entered their lives, and they felt guilt and shame. Sin entered their lives, and they were separated from God, and at that moment, their boat started sinking. Which takes me to my first point, which is our choices determine our emotional stability. The choices we make will either give us healthy emotions or unstable emotions. Eve felt guilt and shame. That was not from God. But the consequence of Eve's choice not only separated her from God, but she would now experience death. She would die a physical death. So choice is a pretty big deal. Deuteronomy 11.26 says, Look today, I am giving you the choice between a blessing and a curse. I met with a young lady years ago. Her boyfriend was pressuring her to have an abortion. And she was struggling with this choice. She was struggling with this decision. God gave me some words to share with her. I prayed with her. She left, and I had no idea what choice she had decided to make. About six months later, she showed up in church, found me, and introduced me to her beautiful little baby. See, she was being fed the lie, the same lie that Eve was, that there would be no consequence for her choice. I have met many women that have made the opposite choice that this young lady did, and they have struggled with guilt and shame all their life. Emotional instability. Their boat started sinking. And let me just say, if you're here today and you made a choice that you're struggling to let go of, that is haunting you, following you around, and you are carrying guilt and shame, 
God can give you the strength to forgive yourself, and he will heal your damaged emotions. The second mom in the Bible I want to talk about today is Jobed. She was the mother of Moses. And Pharaoh was the king at that time, and he gave an order to kill all the Hebrew baby boys that were being born. See, they were, they were still killing babies back then. And this is the thing. Sometimes we read the Bible, and we read it, and we're like, oh, wow, cool. That was an easy decision. Let me tell you, they were human just like us. They had choice. They weren't just saying like little robots, oh, God, I'll do whatever you ask me to do. They weren't saying that. They had free will to choose to say yes to God or to say no, just like we do. So when we're reading the Bible, let's recognize and realize they were real people just like us. So King, um, so Pharaoh, he felt like the Israelites were overpopulating. And so he told all the Hebrew midwives to kill the baby boys as soon as they were born. Well, the midwives refused. They had a pretty healthy fear of God. So he gave a second order to everyone to throw every newborn Hebrew baby into the Nile River to drown. Moses' mom had a choice to make, and let me read. It's in your outline. You can follow along. Exodus 2, 3 through 10. But when she could hide him no longer, she got a papyrus basket for him and coated it with tar and pitch. Then she placed the child in it and put it among the reeds along the bank of the Nile. Her sister stood at a distance to see what would happen. See, Moses' mom had no idea when she made that choice what would happen to her son. Let me read on. Then Pharaoh's daughter went down to the Nile to bathe. So the same king that was killing all these babies, now his daughter is bathing at the Nile, and she sees this basket among the reeds, and she sent one of her female slaves to get it. She opens it up, and it's a baby, and he's crying. And she felt sorry for him. She says, this is one of the Hebrew babies. Then her sister asked Pharaoh's daughter, shall I go and get one of the Hebrew women to nurse the baby for you? Yes, go, she answered. So the girl went and got the baby's mother. She got Moses' mother. Pharaoh's daughter sent to her, take the baby and nurse him for me, and I will pay you. So the woman took the baby and nursed him. And when the child grew older, she took him to Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. She named him Moses, saying, I drew him out of the water. So see the blessing of God in that choice? The enemy wanted to destroy Moses and drown him. But she listened to God and made the choice to let him go. And God named him. I drew him out of the water, which was what Moses meant. So we see here that Moses' mom had a choice. She could keep the baby and hope they wouldn't find him or release him into the water and trust that God had a plan. Giving your child up is huge, or anything else in life that you've had to give up. How hard that must have been for her. But we see from that one choice how God blessed her. She was still able to nurse him and spend time with him until he was adopted. 
God had a plan for Moses' life. Genesis 50, 20 says, you plan to do a good thing, you plan to do a bad thing to me, but God planned it for good to make it happen that many people should be kept alive and they are today. So Moses, not only did God save him, but he went back and led those people, the Israelites, out of Egypt, out of bondage. He was not perfect. He made many mistakes in his life, but God had a plan for his life, but his mom had to release him and trust God that that plan would be fulfilled in his life, which takes me to my second point. With choice, we can't always see what's ahead, but we still must release and trust God. What are you holding on to this morning? God will not violate your free will. He will not make you give him anything. He will not make you release anything. But whatever's going on in your life this morning, it's not yours to carry. He's got way broader shoulders than we do. He can handle it. Psalms 91.2 says, I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. You can trust God. He's faithful. God had a plan for Moses' life. His mom had to trust God even when she didn't know what would happen. She had no idea when she put him in that basket and released him what God had in restore for his what God had in store for his life. And so my question to you again today is what is God asking you to release and trust him for today? See, God wants to heal our damaged emotions, but he can't unless we release them to him. They're damaged. They're damaged because we made choices that got him there. Why do, we, why do we think we can fix them? We can't. Only he can. And the last mom I want to talk about today is Mary, the mother of Jesus. She was a pretty amazing woman. But very human, just like us. I'm going to say again, Mary was very human, just like us. She didn't have this supernatural power. I think we forget about this sometimes. Again, when we read the Bible. We read it and we just kind of glance through it. But we don't always take time to experience the emotion they felt at that time. And that's my goal today as we talk about Mary, is I want you to come on a journey with me and experience the emotion she felt as, the, as being called and asked to make the choice to be the mother of Jesus. That's a big question to be asked. Mary was approached by an angel, and she had a pretty big choice to make. Let's read that together. Luke 1, 28 through 38. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. 
But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. Now let's think about this, okay? This is one of those moments where I'm thinking, we read the Bible and we think, oh, she just said yes. I'm just going to say yes. I'm pretty sure she was thinking, I'm not even married. I'm a virgin. And they kill you for things like this. They stone you to death. If you are pregnant out of marriage. I'm pretty sure those are the things she was thinking about. So I think she was a little troubled and a little scared. The angel goes on. He will be great and will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. And so Mary's processing all of this, and she asks a pretty valid question. She says, how will this be since I am a virgin? The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. What a big big choice Mary had. She could have said no. She could have very easily said no. And this is what she says. I am the Lord's servant. May your word be fulfilled in me. I just can't even imagine what was going through her mind. And Mary carried Jesus in her stomach for nine months. It's actually ten. They lied to us. It's ten months. It's forever. Oh, you're going to be pregnant for nine months. I'm counting ten. And there's still no baby. She gave birth to Jesus. She fed him. She taught him. She wiped his tears from his face. And she loved him. She was his, and here it is. Hey, mama. The only time you'll hear it. It's the title of my message, but I just threw it in there. She was his mom. She changed his diapers. Art, just like you change your babies. I picture him growing up, being about five years old, as old as my grandson, Stephen, which is another reason why I didn't get much sleep last night. He slept with me, cuddled. And let's just, let's just listen to this conversation. Here's Jesus. Mama, mama, he yelled, running towards her, arms flung open. Jesus, what is it now, child? She smiled, scooping him into her arms. He was all kisses, squealing and nuzzling his curly head against her as though to bury himself in her soft, warm flesh. She sighed contently. How many mothers had she known, but none had adequately described the sheer wonder of a child, the laughter, the constant surprise, the tenderness. Not to mention the fear and worry that we're also a part of the bargain. They don't, they, don't, they don't tell you that in the beginning. Fear and worry. Part of the bargain. 
See, Mary said yes, not knowing what was ahead. She knew it would involve joy, peace, but also pain and difficulty. Eventually, Jesus grew up, and she knew that her son, who she loved, was going to give up his life for not only all the sins of the world, but for her sins. He would fix the choice that Eve had made in the very beginning, and he would make a way for us to never have to be separated from God again, to not have to carry guilt and shame. But Mary knew this was going to be the hardest thing she would ever have to go through. The time had come. It was time. She had to watch him get beaten, spit on, humiliated. And there was nothing she could do. She watched them put nails in his hands and raise him up on a cross. And as he was raised up on the cross, his flesh tore as the cross sunk in the ground. And there was still nothing she could do. But while Jesus is hanging on that cross, I, I don't want to take away from that because we're going to come back to that. But I think the, the thing that stood out to me in this message, because it is Mother's Day, the super cool thing is that while Jesus was hanging on that cross, he says, woman, he breathed the word softly, painfully through lips that were encrusted with blood, his lean arms flung out on either side of him. The palms of his hands were pinned with spikes. He looked at her first, and then he looked at the young man. He looked at his mom again. And he says, he looks at the man standing beside her, and he, said, he says, here is your son. And then to the man, he sighed, here is your mother. So even when Jesus was dying on the cross, he took time to make sure that his mom was taken care of. How cool is that? I believe God gave Mary that nugget. They had the bond of a mom and a son. She loved him and he loved her. She wanted to reach for him with all the might of her love to bury his sorrow, to tell him he was the son she needed most. All her life she had loved the God whose angel had spoken to her, calling her highly favored. But how could a woman whose son was dying on a Roman cross ever consider herself favored? And suddenly, her own words came back to her as though a younger version of herself was whispering them in her ear. For no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. She was reminded that she had said yes to God's plan for her life. The biggest and most important decision she could ever make in her life. The biggest decision 
that we could ever make in our life is my point number three. Saying yes to God and his plan for your life is the best choice you will ever make. Nothing else matters. I can't tell you that it's going to be perfect because life here is not perfect, but I can tell you that he will be with you every step of the way, and if you're carrying things today, let them go. You're not supposed to carry them. Our kids, they're not ours. They're his. My son, whom I love, was hurt very bad. Very, very bad. Devastatingly bad. And he struggled daily for years not to take his life. And I carried that. I had sleepless nights. And then I realized it wasn't mine to carry. And I released that to God. And I said, I trust you, Lord. No matter what happens in his life, I trust you. Because he's trustworthy. He doesn't want us living emotional, unstable lives. He doesn't want our boats sinking. He wants us riding the waves, soaring over the trouble in life because he's God and he's able to handle whatever is going on in our lives. See, Jesus made the choice to go to the cross for us. He made the choice to die a death he did not deserve, but that we deserved. He conquered death, that death that had entered into garden, into the garden of Eve that day. He conquered death that entered into the garden through Eve's choice that day and became the way for us to never, ever, 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 ever have to be separated from God again. But it's a choice. See, Mary was reminded in the midst of the storm that her life was devoted to serving Jesus. Her boat was not sinking. She had emotional stability. They refer to Mary as the first follower of Christ, the first disciple. So not only was Mary the mother of Jesus, but she had to make the choice as well to follow him. See, sometimes we want to be leaders, but we don't want to follow. And following is where we grow. You know, sometimes we, we go forward and trouble comes and then we go back, but it's through adversity. It's pushing through and allowing God to push you through and give you the strength that you grow. By the time Mary opened her eyes, the setting sun had turned the city into a golden land. She smiled, wiping the tears from her wrinkled face. How true the angel's words had been. No woman from Eve onward had ever been blessed as she, the mother of the Messiah she had been. Yes, the past was alive inside her, but it was the future that filled her with joy. Soon, she would see her son again, and this time, it would be his hands that would wipe her tears away. Just like when Jesus was that baby 
and Mary wiped his tears. She knew now that when she saw her son again on that glorious day, that he was going to, he will wrap, he will embrace her and there will be no more tears. Sorrow is only but for a moment. So the most important choice you will ever make in your whole entire life is to say yes to Jesus and God's plan for your life. And I know some of you, that's hard for you to believe. I know. But try it. Say yes. I'm going to have you bow your head. difficulties Mary went through, but she knew there would come a time when her son, and now her Savior, would wipe her tears away. If you are here today, and you are saying yes to Jesus for the first time, if you've said yes to Jesus, he's with you. He hasn't left you. If you've said yes to him before, You don't have to do this again. But if you're saying yes to Jesus for the first time today and his plan for your life, I'm going to ask you to just slip your hand up. I'm not going to embarrass you. I see that hand. God sees that hand. I see that hand. Thank you, Jesus. if you raise your hand today, I'm just going to have you repeat this prayer after me. It's a simple prayer. But it's the most important prayer we could ever pray. Dear Jesus, I am saying yes to you today and your plan for my life. I believe you died for all my sins and rose from the dead on the third day. I believe you love me and you will never ever, ever leave me. Let me just say, you can look at me if you prayed that prayer today. It's the most important decision you could ever make. And the angels in heaven are rejoicing. Secondly, and I just want to encourage you, tell somebody, say, hey, I I prayed that prayer today and let them love on you and encourage you. And maybe here today and you've made some choices that are still following you and you just feel guilt and shame and you feel like your boat has sunk like there's no hope there's people up here that are willing to pray with there's no there's people up here that want to pray with you they don't want you to leave here we don't want you to leave here more than that God doesn't want you to leave here carrying that stuff And lastly, there's something God is asking you to release and trust him for today. Even if you don't know what's ahead, I'm going to challenge you in that area as well. And I looked for little boats that looked the most like the little carrier they put baby Mo- the baby Moses in. And there's little sticky pads by these little boats. And I just want to challenge you as we sing this last song 
to come up and write down that thing that you need to let go of, that thing that you need to release to God and trust him for, and then drop it in the basket and and leave it there. Don't take it back. Leave it there. And watch God move in a mighty way. This has been a message from Living Word Chapel. We hope that you've been blessed by it. Make sure you check out lwcoracle.org for more information.